Hello, everybody. hello, everybody. Today is Sunday, May 28th. It's a memorial weekend and happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. I will have a little message at the end uh, for all the veterans. And um, today, as usual, on a Sunday, we give you a legal update in a historic lawsuit, uh, targeted justice v. Garland. This is update uh, number, uh, we, this is a week 22. It means that it's been 22 weeks since we filed the lawsuit. And with me today, as usual, on every Sunday, our uh, attorney, unbreakable Anna Toledo. Anna? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, thank you for that introduction. I'm glad to see you're doing well. Um, we're ready, ready to go when you, whatever you say. Excellent. Thank you, Anna. And the, uh, uh, and another guest today is Richard Lighthouse. You all know Richard as a um, one of the leaders in the targeted justice um, um, organization, uh, the organization that made it all possible, that brought targeted individuals together, that uh, brought of uh, this lawsuit that will change the course of history. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. And I have a lot of respect for Richard as a person and as a scientist who put together this incredible amount of information on, on the website, reliable, uh, verifiable information. And uh, he's a great person. He's a scientist, he's a Stanford graduate, and um, just one of my favorite people, Richard. Richard, good morning. Good, good morning, Len. Thank you for that introduction. I did, I did want to mention the, 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 the huge amount of help we get from our volunteers and uh, our outstanding advisory board uh, that have volunteered their time and positions and influence to support targeted justice. And um, um, I'm, I'm a small part of that, but uh, we appreciate the volunteers help. And I wanted to mention uh, the, the founders of targeted justice, uh, Susan, Midge, Dolly, and Christy. And we, we thank them for everything they've done. Thank you, Richard. Um, let's start with the show. So the legal update, week 22. Let's see what happened this week. Who's filed what? Did we hear from the judge? Um, what's new in the dockets? Anna, please take it away. Yes. Um, well, as you said, it's 22 weeks. I know we're all desperate to get some sort of result because, as we all know, since the filing of the complaint, the attacks on uh, targeted individuals have gone up uh, exponentially and the pain is real, but uh, the court hasn't ruled yet. On Tuesday, May the 30th is the last day for the individual capacity defendants to uh, answer the complaint or file their motion to dismiss, which, was, which is what I anticipate they're gonna do. Uh, the difference, I want to make this very different because we already went through the, uh, uh, motion to dismiss of the official capacity defendants. And it's the same people in essence, because 
uh, it's the same defendants. The thing is that they were sued both in their official capacity for failing to comply with their legal duties under the law and the constitution of the United States, and then under individual capacity for civil rights violations, which is that their violation uh, of oath of office has resulted in fourth amendment, fifth amendment, you know, constitutional violations of the plaintiffs. That the difference is that the defenses to both um, claims are different. And so we anticipate that in this uh, May 30th um, pleadings, they will talk about immunity. Problem, you know, I have been preparing for that because immunity uh, it, that covers usually executive officials, officers from the executive branch applies when, when it's sheer negligence, but not when we're talking about the, the kind of actions that we, are, we have pled in the complaint. So we did file something this week, even though the court hasn't ruled yet, uh, we did file on May 22nd a motion uh, requesting that the court take official uh, judicial notice of some facts that are irrefutable. Pursuant to the rules of evidence, you can ask the court to take judicial notice of facts, you know, and, and the rule specifies what kind of facts. Um, I was, as, as I've told you, I prepare, I constantly read and prepare for what is gonna come next. And as I was reading one of the pleadings uh, from another case for individ individual and official capacity defendants, I came across their defense that the court take judicial notice of X and Y. So that's exactly what I did. What DOJ alleged in the other case for a motion to dismiss, I alleged on our behalf to be taken into account for the court to adjudicate the motion, uh, the opposition to the motion to dismiss. And what I asked the court to take judicial notice of is all the testimony that one of the things was all the testimony that was uh, given in the weaponization committee hearings from the whistle FBI whistleblowers. And I included a copy of, of the summary that was prepared by the committee. So I'm asking the court, please take notice of this. And, and I specifically enumerated, I, I listed some of the, of the really shocking testimony that goes to prove even prove some of the pleadings that we we made in the complaint, such as, for example, uh, stated by O'Boyle, Mr. Mr. O'Boyle, who is one of the whistleblowers, he says, when citizens in this country get to a point where they can call the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world on their neighbor, just because they disagree with them, that is chilling to the First Amendment rights of the people who are getting the FBI called on them. That was Mr. Boyle's testimony on May 18th. Uh, many targeted individuals know that it was, you know, a disgruntled neighbor that reported them or a disgruntled ex-husband um, that uh, put them in this uh, heinous list. And so I listed um, a few of the really shocking uh, statements that were given under oath before Congress, such as that there is financial incentive for agents to place people, to swell the list of the, the terrorist database. And this, uh, putting people in this list is like putting them in the trains going to, you know, those concentration camps because it's a condemnation to a life of torture. And um, 
in, in this sense, uh, just the fact that they're doing it for profit, the agents are doing it for personal profit. That is not only illegal, it's immoral, it's, it's just, uh, it's outrageous. So um, that's what we, that is the update for this week. We filed that motion. We're still on the waiting um, situation. I want to, before I forget, want to bring to the attention that um, it was reported to me, we all get hacked. One of the biggest problems that uh, all TIs have is that their electronic devices and emails and uh, personal communications get hacked and interfered with. We have, as you know, when we talk on the phone, this is something that uh, all TIs should implement um, when they are having a conversation is we do not consent to the illegal, illegal surveillance or recording of this call. If a FISA warrant was obtained, was obtained illegally because you know it's an abuse, you know, because you know we're not a terrorist and you have no reason or legal grounds under Article 3 of the Constitution to record or uh, interfere with this call. All TIs should make that um, a disclaimer when they're on the phone. Uh, also, the Substack, the Targeted Justice sub, uh, Substack newsletter distribution is getting hacked too. You should all check every, at least twice a week for new material, new posts, because uh, the distribution, we are getting emails. Targeted Justice is getting emails. You didn't send me the newsletter. That's not correct. Is that it's being sent, but the criminal hackers are interfering with it because they don't want the world to know what is going on. In fact, I got I had uh, two interviews that were just canceled just like that because uh, they are they are going rogue. They are going rogue on on all of us. Um, now, what I uh, want to mention is that in the in the difference of the official capacity and individual capacity, okay, um, we we have um, we have serious constitutional allegations here going on, and um, the placing non-terrorists knowingly non-terrorists in a terrorist list and with the consequences that that entails, uh, there is no. There is no excuse for that, really. There is no excuse that, oh, it was an oversight or I I just, you know, I, I wasn't aware that that was happening. A targeted justice sent a previous letter and the experience of all TIs right now is that the targeting has increased, the attacks have increased. And which puts me in the position, when I, when I had clients, um, back in Puerto Rico when I was actively litigating and the client brought me a lawsuit, the first thing I would ask them is, is this true? Because if it is, I need you to stop doing whatever it is that they're alleging that it's illegal. If this, you know, you need to stop right now. It's part of mitigating damages. Also, if there, there is an exception to, to the attorney-client privilege, which is if, if a client of mine tells me I'm going to continue doing this illegal act or I'm going to kill someone or I'm going to do this fraud on someone. I, as an attorney, I have a legal ethical duty to report it because it's a public policy issue that only the things that happened in the past are protected by the attorney client privilege, but not 
if you tell me I'm going to do this illegal act against this other person. So that's one of the things that, that uh, you know, the court has to be very mindful and watchful of. Uh, I believe that uh, it is illegal for any directed energy weapons to be fired on United States soil. I believe that the people that are doing that should consult with their attorneys. And it's obvious they're, they're not gonna do it voluntarily, but uh, as days go by and they continue doing it, well, more damages are accumulating. And, and it, you know, eventually it's, it has got to stop. I know, I, I think that for, for this Memorial Day, you know, we have an army of targeted individual warriors that have survived so far and that um, we are carrying the torch of freedom because this case is not just about targeted individuals, but it's the freedom of speech, is the freedom to not be afraid to speak your mind and then be illegally placed on an illegal list and condemned to torture by vigilantes that act with American taxpayer money, getting paid with American taxpayer money. This is, um, you know, the warriors for American freedom are targeted individuals, not only in the United States, but around the world that uh, are standing up to the criminals doing this. So I have to honor, I know that all of you out there are suffering. We suffer too. And it is, believe me, it is frustrating because I'm working real hard. We're all working real hard to bring an end to this. But um, you should all relish in, in the fact that I think it's all coming to an end pretty soon because there's no denying that it is illegal to have innocent civilians in a terrorist list. There's no excuse. And it's important to point out that even if the FBI came out, like we discussed last week, saying there's a secret um there's a secret criteria to put these people on the list that in and of itself even if it was true which i don't think it is it's illegal because in this under the american uh under the administrative procedures act every regulation for putting anybody in this kind of list has to be public cannot be secret so what i know it's it's about a matter of time and I know it's uh, many of you are going through just perhaps the worst part of your targeting, but um, I think we're very, very close to a breakthrough. And if not, we're gonna you know, make it happen. Please don't stop calling your legislators. People in Congress still are either afraid of doing something about this or don't believe it because it's so atrocious that it's just unbelievable. It is up to you to very respectfully continue that crusade and call your legislators and write to them. Because only with that pressure of taking away their budget, now they're talking about, you know, FBI wants a $500 million new building. No, they don't. They don't need it. What we need is for Congress to realize that the FBI either has to be redone or disbanded or defunded because uh, what they have um, dedicated the agency to instead of defending American citizens is targeting them and persecuting them. And that has got to stop. So I, 
I think that um, Congress did a little good job for us proving some of our allegations regarding the placing of innocent uh, civilians classified as domestic terrorists. One of the really chilling testimonies was from a whistleblower friend. He testified that there was this girl, she was a girl with obvious mental issues. And she was always in chat rooms and online. And the FBI wanted to fabricate an ISIS case against this young woman. And uh, it just reminds me again of, of the one that I have really close to my heart, uh, the Down syndrome patient in Ohio who gets victimized with V2K. That is un-American. And to all of those US Space Force military people tormenting and torturing American, innocent American civilians, that is unpatriotic. And what you're doing and you're carrying out is treason. So I urge you to do a little act of conscience and stop the torture of innocent Americans and innocent people around the world. And that's all I had to say for today. Thank you very much, Anna, for, for this update. I I have to comment on, on something I read in your motion. Um, I think the, filing this motion uh, uh, for, uh, for the judge to take notice of what's going on in Congress is simply a stroke of genius. I mean, it grounds our case into now, into what's happening in real life. It, it's not it, it's not a coincidence that all of a sudden, uh, hashtag abolish the FBI is trending on Twitter. I mean, could you imagine that? So this is happening in Congress. These are the, uh, you provided uh, uh, testimonies uh, as an exhibit. You provided the summary of the committee as, as an exhibit. And then you say, look, what this committee has found and, and what we are pleading in this case are very similar. And that point is incredibly important. And I just applaud you, Anna, for making it happen because it we're no longer a fringe group. We are a part of this uh, process that the nation is going through. Uh, and my well, second, sorry, and my, and my second comment, you make it, you make a point that for the first time in history, this general, this gentleman in, in charge of these agencies are facing articles of impeachment. What you call the synchronicity, I call it a, a just a um, um, reality, really. This is what's happening. So I, I I was I was very encouraged to uh, uh, read this and applaud, applaud you, Anna. Please 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 make a comment that you want. Yes, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say is that it was found in the testimony that both the the, the Attorney General and the FBI and Ray are are uh, pressuring people to 
inflate to to swell the list of the domestic and of the terrorist. That's one thing, and that's why they got their articles of impeachment. The three. What are the chances that the three principal defendants, Mayorkas, Ray, and Garland, got articles of impeachment for a you know um, malfeasance? You know, or the language in the in the articles of impeachment is stronger. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to uh, downplay it a little bit. But when you read them, we included them. Um, uh, we included them as exhibits to the motion because uh, it, it's like you say, a, they tend at this early pleadings. We don't have to have evidence. What what is necessary is that the pleadings are clear and that they establish causes of action against these people. But we have gone way beyond that because Congress is almost proving half of our pleadings. And, and it is an act of synchronicity. I, I believe, you know, what are the chances that four months ago we anticipated what would be going on in Congress four months later? When you read the complaint, it goes parallel with what's going on in Congress. And that's why it is so strange that Congress is not touching our complaint with a 120 foot pole because it's, you know, because I don't know, uh, I don't know why, because there is no bigger weaponization of the government than the structure that these people created to torture, torment and experiment on innocent civilians. It's outrageous and it has got to stop and the funding has got to stop. They, Congress has the tools to defund this. Those black projects have got to go and they have the power to do it. It is in Congress hands, obviously also in the court's hands, but in Congress hands to stop the torture of innocent civilians immediately. They can do this and they can't look the other way. So we, we have to force them to not continuing looking the other way. Thank you, thank you, Len. Thank you, Anna. And now, and not, excuse me. And now we would like to hear from uh, Richard. Richard, uh, please give us your perspective um, uh, about what's going on um, in the case and uh, in uh, other aspects of uh, uh, target justice. Uh, Richard. Thank you, Lynn, and thank you, Anna. Um, I want to touch very quickly on a couple of things that, that Anna said and, and maybe amplify a few points. Um, for, first of all, the newsletter, we are getting reports that people aren't getting the newsletter. Uh, please let us know at tjustice2 at proton.me and, and we can look into it. The, the other thing you can do is submit a new email address and it should be added to our automatic distribution. So please let us know if, if your newsletter is not coming in. We are getting reports and we've suspected for a while that uh, the criminals are, are hacking it and blocking the distribution. So please let us know. Um, the other thing I want to emphasize is, um, as Anna mentioned, the, the exception for attorney-client privilege. Uh, there are five, uh, five defendants that we've named and there's a crime fraud exception to their attorney-client privilege. And, and one of those is ongoing crimes. Um, I don't think that uh, anyone would assume 
that uh, these five defendants are unaware that the FBI is placing non-terrorists on a terrorist watch list. Um, the DOJ receives a daily copy of the TSDB from the FBI. How could they not know that the plaintiff's names are on the TSDB when they get the list themselves? It's not like they gotta go somewhere else to, to get a copy. It's really difficult to believe that these attorneys at the DOJ are unaware that non-terrorists are being placed on a terrorist list. It's, it's, it's outrageous. Um, the attorneys, if, if uh, or when the crime fraud exception applies, the attorneys can be subpoenaed and must disclose the information that they're aware that ongoing crimes are occurring. So their attorney-client privilege does not apply to these defendants when they know about ongoing crime. This, this, is, this is a big uh, um, drop here. We want the public to know that the Department of Justice likely knows about these crimes, that they're ongoing, and they're not reporting it, and they're not doing anything about it. And that violates federal law. It violates the court procedures. Uh, that the DOJ is required to report these crimes. It, it violates the ethics of the bar association where they have their bar license. So there's a number of problems for them for not reporting these crimes. Um, so we're hopeful that maybe they will um, show integrity and report these crimes. So uh, let's follow up on that and see what happens. Um, something, something else I wanted to mention about the lawsuit because Folks are trying to anticipate uh, what are the next steps. Um, we're, we're hopeful that the judge will rule in our favor. We think we've got a very strong case. Um, those that you are, are that are following it closely, um, this is this is certainly one of the strongest federal uh, injunction type cases in a long time. Uh, we're hopeful that the that the judge will rule in our favor. In the in the event that the judge does not rule in our favor, that's not the end of the lawsuit. So um, what's going to happen is the case will be appealed to the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans. So targeted justice is based in Houston. Uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals is based in New Orleans. So whether or not, regardless of whether we win or lose based on a number of rulings, uh, the Fifth Circuit is going to end up here in this case. Okay. So and the reason for that is because if we get a ruling in our favor, Department of Justice is likely to appeal it. And if we don't get a ruling in our favor, we will appeal it. Either way, the, the, the case is gonna end up at the first circuit in New Orleans, at the fifth circuit in New Orleans. So we want people to be ready for that. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. The fifth circuit is gonna have their say on this case. And we, want, we don't want people to get upset or disappointed when the ruling comes out if it's not in our favor. That's, that's not the end of the case, okay? So this, this case is gonna be ongoing for many months. Uh, there's a lot of complexities to it that, that, that I do not fully appreciate or understand, but uh, Anna, Anna is someone we are very grateful to have on our team. And uh, she's very experienced um, and uh, she's doing an outstanding job. And we, we hope that everybody recognizes that and uh, keeps her in your prayers. Um, let me, uh, I also want to touch on a couple of tips. Uh, we get this question regularly. How, how can, what can I do? I'm just a TI in, in, um, um, in a rural area of Nebraska. And what can I do? I want to help targeted justice. What can I do to, to, to support the TI community? 
And, and there's a number of good things that you can do. The, the, the first one that we always suggest is um, write to your senators and congressmen. We've got a tab on our website that's called, What Can You Do? Uh, please go to that tab. It's, it's very helpful. We've got a number of tips. We've got suggestions you can do. Uh, write to your state legislatures. Um, you can talk to your city council. Just about any city council in the country will give you three minutes to talk on anything you want. If, if it's an awkward or uncomfortable subject, they may cut you off after three minutes, but they will give you three minutes to talk on any subject, including the targeting subject. You, we recommend bring, bringing some uh, big flyers or poster board where you try to diagram it. You can, you can blow up some of the diagrams that we've got uh, uh, on our homepage at Targeted Justice. That's one possible suggestion. And bring some other TIs with you. That's why we have the Contacts and Organizations tab. Uh, on targeted justice. Th there's ways to reach out and contact other TIs and form groups, and we strongly encourage that. Um, Saturday morning coffee meetings are very helpful. We've been running one in Houston for more than three years, very successfully. We've gotten so much help for other TIs, generate contacts, particularly with the women. Um, to, to, to just if you're, if you're a woman who's isolated or living by yourself, to have other TIs that you can call it makes a huge difference and, and we strongly recommend that. So if, if, if you're not part of a TI community, uh, we strongly encourage you to get, get to our contacts and organizations tab. It's under the home tab and uh, you can find other people either in your state or in a nearby state and you can, you can visit them once a month and have a, a coffee meeting. I think you'll find that that's very helpful. Um, some other suggestions we recommend um, Urgent, taking flyers to urgent care facilities. We've got a, a flyers and handouts tab on targeted justice. We encourage you, to, you, can, you can use those or take them down and modify them. And, and it's, it's uh, uh, commercial commons, creative commons. So you're free to use any of those. Uh, and we encourage you to do it. But the urgent care facilities is kind of a first line of defense for uh, TIs that are getting burned with, or, or harmed really bad with the directed energy weapon. So if these urgent care facilities are aware of it ahead of time, hey, I, I saw a flyer on that last week. Maybe this guy is telling the truth. It, it, sounds, um, it sounds very unusual to walk into an urgent care and say, I'm getting attacked so badly, I can't sleep and I haven't slept for days. And they're going to go, well, we, we don't have any, that's, that, that doesn't appear in our uh, diagnostic manual. We don't know what that is. Well, we got, a, we got a flyer from Targeted Justice last week. Let's take a look at that. Um, let's see, FOIA and Privacy Acts. You, you, you can go to muckrock.com and submit FOIA and Privacy Act, or actually it's preferable to do Privacy Acts directly through the, the website of FBI, DOJ, DHS, and such. The Privacy Act, they handle a little bit differently because you're dealing with personal information, but FOIA requests, you can certainly do through muckrock.com. They'll keep up it. They'll notify the agency every 30 days if you haven't received a response. And the best part is your FOIA answer is public for everybody to see exactly what they said. That, that, that's why it's so helpful. So check that out if, if you get an opportunity to. Bumper stickers and magnets. There, there's another good one. We've got some examples on our flyers and handout page. You can order those online from various places or just print it out with your inkjet printer and, and stick it in your back window or on your bumper. Very inexpensive and, and you can let other people know what's going on. Think about how many people see 
uh, a flyer or, or a bumper sticker or magnet on the back of your vehicle driving around on a Saturday for a few hours. Hundreds and hundreds of people will see that. It's, it's, it's a great way to, to encourage people to look up the website and see what's going on. Uh, and at very low cost. Um, you can put a sign in your yard or your front window. I, I did that for a long time. Um, just put a sign out. All your neighbors are going to read it and go, what's this targeted justice thing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check that out. It's a, it's a nice way to politely tell your neighbors what's going on. So if you get a lot of odd things happening in your, you know, in front of your house, you know, they'll go, Hey, I wonder if it has something to do with that sign. Um, so a good way to educate your, your neighbors and your family members. Um, let's see what else, uh, protests. Um, we have organized protests in the past at companies like Lockheed and, uh, Raytheon. Um, we did one in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico back in, uh, I believe it was 2018, uh, and right in front of their uh, offices, you stand on a public sidewalk, that's free speech, don't get on their property, you can hold up signs and banners and hand out flyers as long as you stay on a, on, on a public sidewalk, that's perfectly legal. Don't, don't try to do that by yourself, get several TI friends to go with you, but very effective, very effective way to get the word out. Uh, let's see what else. Um, Publishing an ebook, sworn affidavits, and video testimony. So, uh, on our homepage near the bottom, there's a bunch of ebooks. One of those is called an ebook template. You can download that, and using free software, you can publish your own ebook story. We encourage you to do that. Um, uh, you can distribute it for free through a website called Draft Two Digital, the, the number two, Draft Two Digital, and they will distribute to Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and a bunch of bookstores all over the world, free. If you wanna charge for it, you can charge for it or you can make it free and encourage people to download it and read it. Uh, it becomes a permanent record. Those bookstores will keep that. Most of them will keep that permanently. And so you've, you've got a permanent record that you can hand down to your grandkids and your great grandkids to know what happened to you. It's, it's a good way to do it. Sworn affidavits. We've got a section on our website where we collect sworn affidavits. We've got a template you can use. Uh, fill in your information and get it notarized and send us a copy and we will post it so that anybody can use that. Uh, anybody in a courtroom can use that sworn affidavit. Uh, video testimonies, we've, we've started doing this. Under our video tabs, we've got um, a, a number of short videos. We'd like to keep it under five minutes where you can give your video testimony. Hey, I'm a targeted individual. We've got a little script that you, that you can follow and it becomes a permanent record. Targeted Justice will keep it on our website. So we encourage you to do those things. Uh, they're, they're, that's one way that you can contribute. Uh, it helps the community, it, it strengthens the community, and, it, and it, you're leaving a permanent record. So there's a lot of good reasons to do that. There are, there are a number of don'ts that I, I take, walked you through the do list. There are a number of don'ts that we wanna encourage. Don't consent to a psychiatric or psychological review. If the police show up based on some trivial complaint, say, we need you to come with us and talk to a psychiatrist, say, no, I, I'm not interested in doing that. Do you have a warrant? I'm sorry, officer, I'm not interested in doing that. I would like to speak with an attorney if you're arresting me. Make it clear you know your rights. Be polite. You don't have to be rude. Just say, am I being arrested or detained? Uh, if I am, I would like to speak to an attorney. And no, I'm not interested in talking to a psychiatrist or a psychologist for any reason. So if they've got a warrant, you, you comply with the warrant, but you, you also ask for an attorney. That's the first thing you do, okay? 
Um, we also recommend don't threaten anybody. Don't targeted justice is in, is never advocates violence or threats of any kind. We certainly don't intend to do that. We don't encourage our members to do that. Although we occasionally get emails and and advocates promoting those types of things, that that doesn't come from targeted justice. We are going to solve this nonviolently, and we encourage you to take that same position. Okay. Um, setups. Uh, a lot of we've seen a lot of TIs get set up in, by by neighbors or family members, and don't fall for it. If if you think something's going on, confrontation is is not going to solve it. Be aware that they if if one neighbor leaves or is arrested or moved, and you're able to successfully prosecute them, they're just going to put somebody else in there that's going to harass you. You haven't solved the problem. Your neighbors are not running a multi-billion-dollar global TI program. They might be harassing you, but they are not running the program. We've got to go after the leaders and shut down the program from the top down. So taking a confrontational stance with your neighbors is never going to be a solution. We don't encourage that. It doesn't help. And, and in the event that your neighbors are trying to entice you into doing that, don't fall for the setup. We see so many TIs that fall for that setup. And, and it, at the end, it just becomes an issue of regret. Don't, don't fall for it. Don't do the confrontation thing. We've got lots of suggestions on targeted justice to help you deal with some of those things. Read our website. Um, we've got just mountains of information out there. It's all free. Read it, digest it, participate in our online discussions. Um, we've got an ongoing dialogue on our newsletter every week. There are a number of forums where you can participate. Um, Len has a, a sub stack where you can read his newsletter and comment. We encourage that. These are, these are outstanding support opportunities for the TI community, and we encourage you to use them. So um, that's my, my short uh, suggestions and tips. And um, we encourage you, if you're not a, 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 a registered to sign up for our newsletter, please do that, targetedjustice.substack.com. Uh, visit our homepage at targetedjustice.com. Leah, back to you. Thank you, thank you, Richard. Uh, I will definitely post uh, all the all the ways that uh, you can participate and help the cause um, uh, in the description of the video. And um, because this is a Memorial Day weekend, I have I have a message for all the veterans uh, and all the people who have veterans in their life. You, I salute your bravery. I admire you, you put your life on the line. You served our country in a way that not many people can. And then you came back, you came home, and some of you became targeted individuals. And some of you became those vigilantes those people who um, are part of the fusion centers or, or, or InfraGuard, there are many ways this is happening. And we have testimonies from uh, the FBI officers that yes, uh, there are uh, people in your neighborhoods that decided to do just that. And some of the veterans 
are also in that in that group. Uh, I understand your patriots, so am I. I understand you want a little adventure in your life. Some of you want to be Sherlock Sherlock Holmes on in in your in your free time, and that's also admirable. But you have to respect the freedom of your fellow men, and especially veterans. So just imagine that somebody you served with became a targeted individual, and you are part of harassing them, disturbing, uh, destroying their life. And this is this breaks my heart. It really does. I want to wish everybody happy Memorial Day. And I want to thank Anna and Richard for their participation. I think we had a great update today, a lot of information. And next Sunday, I will see you again with Anna and another guest. Uh, the guest will be, for the first time, we will have a non-TI guest, somebody who has written about uh, people with Havana syndrome and targeted individuals, and you and he will be a part of the panel. So I want to bring more non-TIs to these conversations. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful weekend.